Canna Bloggers Corner. Always the good stuff. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Canna Bloggers Corner. I know you're going to love it. It's a great episode. Before we get to it, though, got to give a couple of shout outs to some really great people and some really great companies just doing some amazing things out there. So sit tight. We'll get to this week's episode in just a few seconds. Enjoy. Canna Bloggers Corner is brought to you by Better Homes with Cannabis. Yanni Amaya, the hazy lioness, has taken her cannabis photography to another level by using it in a stylish home decor design that would look fabulous in any home. This isn't just a Marley poster in your dorm room, man. Better Homes with Cannabis is tasteful home decor with a cannabis theme. Look for them at betterhomeswithcannabis.com. Welcome back to another episode of Canna Bloggers Corner. As always, I am your host and guide on this journey, uh, Andy Canna Blogger. I'm flying solo again this week, and uh, that's because I spent this uh, week, uh, this past week, I should say, uh, visiting my family back east in Pennsylvania. Now, uh, keep in mind that this was not a vacation by any means whatsoever. Uh, if you've ever seen uh, the show Mayor of East Town on HBO, that is that's where I'm from. Uh, I came from a blue collar family of coal miners and cement mill workers, essentially the embodiment of the Protestant work ethic. Uh, we were raised to love God our country, and our family in that order, mind you. Uh, my great-uncle fought in the 82nd Airborne in World War II. His mother, my great-grandmother, organized collections for, like, copper, metal, uh, nylon, you know, stuff for the boys. Uh, every year on Memorial Day, we drove up to uh, the small town of Summit Hill, Pennsylvania, the literal heart of coal country, which is uh, where our family has lived for generations. Uh, we attend the parade, we barbecue, uh, play cards, watch old home movies that our cousin insisted on playing on whatever new gadget that he got that year. Uh, you know, it's stuff, you know, normal family stuff. And then uh, most importantly, we would visit the family cemetery and we would pay our respects. Uh, my and by doing this was was our uh, my grandmother, my mother, and myself. Uh, that's getting on our hands and knees with some uh, gardening shears and uh, various ancient hand tools that would probably blow a millennial's fucking mind. Um, but yeah, we would clean up around the graves, uh, plant our flags, make sure everything looked proper nice and and neat and this is what we did every year it was it wasn't it was beyond obligatory it was beyond non-optional god help me if i asked to hang out with friends or do anything else that got me in an all-expense-paid guilt trip from nana that turned my brain into oatmeal 
So my grandmother and, and great-grandmother played some of the best, best mind fucks with us. Um, one story that really stands out was uh, when my mother was uh, a teenager, um, the local amusement park, it was called Dorney Park, and it had a pavilion back in the day that families and uh, organizations could rent out and have picnics there. Um, it has since long gone, but this was something that uh, a lot of a lot of stuff, a lot of people did in 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 the Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania. So one year, uh, my great great grandmother, or sorry, my great grandmother, I should say, uh, my my mother's grandmother, uh, said to her, uh, "Hey, I hear that we're having the family reunion at Dorney Park this year." To which my mother reacted, "Oh, great! Hey, you know." teenager wants to go to an amusement park yeah sure hang out friends whatever rides great and she said yeah that'd be great you know there'd be rides for the kids they'd have the pavilion with the picnic area for the adults and i think everybody would have a great time do you want to go and my mother looked at her and said yeah that'd be great to which my great-grandmother looked her straight in the eye and said well too bad we're not going well, then why the fuck did you ask in the first place? <laughs> yeah, th th this, this is how I, this is our family. You know, th this was, this is how I was raised. I mean, this is, this gives you just a, a glimpse into, into how I was raised. And while I was in that little bubble, everything seemed okay. That That's what I thought was normal. I mean, you know, sure, it wasn't perfect. My, my, my mom was a single mother living with her own mother to raise me, which is exactly how she was raised. Uh, family were decisions were just made by the adults. The kids didn't have to like it. They just had to shut the fuck up and go along with it. And that's what I thought was, was normal until I actually left Pennsylvania and realized that, oh, my God, you... It doesn't have to be that way. I, you mean we can actually talk to our kids, uh, include them in family decisions, like their opinions matter? Uh, oh, my God. I, I could not wrap my head around that for years. Not kidding. Not kidding. Could not wrap my head around that. But once I did, uh, I realized I, I didn't have to go through a lot of this shit that I went through and that more compromises could have been made, I started to see things a lot differently. I wanted to break the cycle that I had been raised in. And I, I'll be honest, personally, I, I feel like I did to, to some, a lot, to, to a lot of extent. Um, now, so, so what happens when you've had some epiphanies, some, some of your aha moments, but your parents are still stuck in that tiny, comfortable little bubble that you grew up in, and they they never, they never really had that. Well, it, it does build a little tension. Um, I haven't seen eye to eye with my parents in a, in a long, long time. But to keep peace within my family, I just bit my tongue and said, "Okay, boomer," you know, to myself uh, sometimes out loud. Um, but yeah, really, I just. I bit my tongue. I, I chalked it up to a generation, a generational thing, and just just let it go. Uh, but this week, um, 
this past week, I, I couldn't do it anymore. I really could not bite my tongue anymore. Now, okay, be, before I really get into this, I am not trying to start a debate about January 6th, the insurrection, certain former presidents, or, or any any of that stuff, okay? Um, but unfortunately, that is what set me off. Um, my stepfather was watching Fox News, as he usually does, uh, and that... Uh, that was the day that the Senate was tearing uh, our top military leaders a new one uh, for how they handled our withdrawal in Afghanistan. And if anybody has served in the military, you know that uh, you know you, you you can say whatever you want to us. You, I guarantee you, we've heard worse. <laughs> but you know they they tried, which was cute. So uh, you know, good good job, senators. Um, but now oh, I, I, I want you to know. I want you to know I tried, all right? I really, really tried. Um, as a veteran, I, I look at the the structures that make up the three branches of our government as sacred ground. You know, the White House, uh, the Capitol Building, um, the Supreme Court. The, those three branches of government are what are fragile imperfect democracy are are based on it's the foundation of our our great experiment and sometimes sometimes they they actually live up to the ideals in the constitution they make some history and we we actually get to move forward as a nation by no means do I see our country as perfect? I don't see our government as perfect. I know that there are dark chapters in our history, and as a product of trying to break that general that generational cycle, I'm one of the first people in my in my family to actually acknowledge that yeah, our government did some really, really dark shit. All right, stuff that was just really wrong to a lot of people. And it got covered up, swept under the rug. Nobody talked about it, but it does need to be talked about. It does need to be acknowledged. Um, and on my mother's side of the family, uh, they've, they've been completely ignoring this stuff. And I should really point out that um, I am really focusing on my mother's side of my family because... Uh, Really, that's the side of the family that I grew up with. Um, she and my father uh, split up when I was very young. He remarried very quickly into a much more progressive thinking family, which unfortunately I really didn't get to spend enough time with, in my opinion. Um, I really do often wonder sometimes how I would have turned out if I had been raised by that side of my family rather than my mother's. Um, I don't know how differently I would have turned out. I, I, I obviously would have been different, but I'm honestly not sure. Um, you know, but while well, I'll say one of the best things that has happened over the years is that I have been able to really repair and get repair my relationship with and get a lot closer to my sister. Um, 
Unfortunately, I did not get the chance to grow up with her. I did not get the chance to really be the brother to her that I should have been. And uh, our relationship did suffer for a long time. I, I know there was some resentment there, but I think now now uh, we're, we're starting to see more eye to eye. We're starting to, we, we communicate a lot more than we ever did. And that has helped uh, keep us from uh, breaking these these bonds that we're actually trying to mend. Um, but uh, we're we're watching this this Senate hearing, right? Back back to the Senate hearing, I should I guess. Um, my my stepfather's sitting there and he's expressing his opinions. Obviously, they're not the same as mine. Uh, I'm trying to get this across to him that hey, you know, um, you're you're kind of uh, you're pushing a few buttons here. And I, he, he didn't act like he was getting the hint. Uh, now looking back, I realized that, yeah, he was just pushing my buttons to uh, uh, try to fuck with me. Um, but of course, at, in the moment, I wasn't seeing that. Um, and then I started spiraling. Uh, I eventually argued that a violent mob broke into and desecrated the capital of of the United States, to which he replied, "Oh yeah, the Capitol building." I fucking lost it. I have fought for that building. I have killed for that building. I've seen death for that building. I've pushed myself beyond both my physical and mental limits for that building and have the physical and mental scars to show for it. I jumped up and I yelled, fuck you to my stepdad, fuck you to my mother. I've fucking had it with both of you. I am never coming back to this fucking shithole ever again. This is the last time you will ever fucking see me. Fuck you both. And with a double middle finger to add the icing to the breakdown, I stormed out of the house. And I uh, unfortunately left uh, left Carolyn there. <laughs> um, yeah, that that was that was really. I I didn't I didn't wish I didn't want to. All right. Um, and to say that they saw this coming uh, would be a total fucking lie. Uh, it, I don't know if you remember that scene in Mean Girls where Regina George gets hit by the bus, but that's metaphorically what I did to them. Um, and yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, I did leave you behind, and uh, I, I do regret that doing that. I feel bad about that. Uh, I did drive around a little bit, calm myself down. I went back and picked her up, and we drove around a little bit more. I was able to uh, talk myself down a little bit more, after which point I insisted on going back so that I could actually confront my parents. Um, Carolyn was, wasn't sure it was the best idea, but I really did insist, and um, I just I wanted to get it over with. You know, I had shit I wanted to say, and I wanted to say it. Um. And when we, when we got back, uh, my stepfather had left, so uh, I got to sit down with my mother, and I unleashed 45 years' worth of repressed trauma on her. 
we discussed that, yes, I do remember those times that we went clothes shopping and she would smack me in the back of the head for needing to go to the husky section for my pants. Her excuse was that she didn't want me to be bullied, uh, to which I replied, oh, really? Because I guess you were just doing such a good job on your own. Uh, We also discussed how when I was growing up, my mother never came directly home after work. She would uh, stop first at my stepfather's apartment each day to spend a few hours with him. And I completely acknowledge that she had every right to spend time uh, to herself and, yes, get a break from me. But it meant that I was alone for most of the day. She was the parent that I lived with, and she wasn't around, and my grandmother uh, would usually spend her time uh, in any room that I wasn't in. So, as I put it to her at the time, I got very comfortable with being alone and never comfortable being around other people. The people didn't, the people raising me didn't want to be around me, so why would anybody else? And that that's really the tip of the iceberg. Uh, there was a lot more, obviously, and uh, I, I'm really grateful that my wife Carolyn was there to act as a buffer and keep me from crossing a line that I couldn't come back from. She allowed me to go far enough to make myself heard and felt, but not say anything that would permanently damage my relationship with my family. Um, for better or for worse, for better or for worse, she's the only mom I have. Um, I don't want to completely sever my ties with her because I have already lost one parent. And uh, I do realize that just because uh, their family doesn't automatically uh give them access to me, but, uh, I'm trying, I'm trying to break cycles and I'm trying to build better relationships, more open relationships with my family. And in doing that, I, I, I still want to keep them in my life, but I, I don't, I don't want to deal with their toxicity anymore. And I want them to understand that I will not deal with their toxicity anymore. And I do think, I do think that that point got got across. Now, there were a couple of times that my mom would try to turn a few things around on me, which when someone gets defensive, I, I feel like that's natural. Um, but that was also uh, something that uh, Carolyn was there to basically not let happen because uh, a lot of times when it comes to my mother, I do, I do still see a lot of what I want to see. And I don't always see that she's trying to maybe uh, play one of those mind fucks that my family is so, uh, so famous for. Um. In the end, tears were shed, but I feel, I felt like it, and I feel like it still, that ultimately we both 
we both were heard and we both were felt, if that makes sense. Uh, Carolyn and I went back uh, the next night for dinner. Uh, my stepfather was there. And it felt like, at least for now, that that they're getting it. We all have a tendency to rewrite our own history where we're the good guy. And I feel like now they're starting to see that maybe those choices that my parents made and influenced my choices, maybe I could have done things a bit differently and not done it the way that my parents did it and maybe built a, a better relationship. You know, and that's ultimately I am not I'm not stupid. I am not naive. I know that we cannot change the past. What I what really is is helping me feel seen and heard is that acknowledgement that, yes, you're right. Or, yes, you, you have a point. Now, I, you know, I don't really care if I'm right or wrong. Um, but at least at least they see that my ideas have merit that I'm, I'm not completely coming out of left field. And this is something that, that could have happened. And had they thought about it and had I expressed myself better at the time, it probably would have. Um, but in the moment, you don't know any better. You don't know what's different or what could be because it's a generational cycle that keeps happening over and over and over again until someone sees it and decides to break it. I know I'm not going to have these people here forever. Um, and uh, I, I know it, it sounds morbid, but I do feel like um, every day it gets shorter and shorter. And uh, I, I don't want to... I don't want to leave behind regrets. I don't want to leave behind words unsaid, um, like I did with my father. When he passed away suddenly, we were right, we were just beginning to mend our relationship and see past uh, the years of resentment that I had built up in my mind and... Uh, start moving forward with our relationship. And so I had that, I had that ripped away from me. Um, and I don't want to make that same mistake with them while, while I still can, while we still have the opportunity, I would like to try to rebuild that relationship, get rid of that bitterness, open up some communication and actually, you know, maybe try to see things from each other's point of view. And if we're not going to agree on stuff, that's fine. But at least try to come to agreement to disagree. So uh, I, I I recognize that this, this week's episode is a little bit heavy. Um, but I do think that uh, this past week was necessary. Uh, I, I'm glad it happened, and I do hope that a lot 
more comes of it, that I'm able to uh, communicate with them more in a more healthy manner, you know, not have all kinds of passive aggressiveness and bitterness and uh, resentment. Life's too short for that shit. None of us is here forever. Our time is our time is finite. So while we're here, instead of harboring ill will, harboring hate, just because just because someone doesn't agree with us. Let, let's let's take that toxicity, let's turn it around, and let's try to rebuild some relationships that maybe we've let fall by the wayside because someone can't agree on something. We're not all perfect. We're not all going to agree on everything. But if it, if we can at least respect the fact that the other person is entitled to their opinion too then i think we could solve a lot of our problems and we could mend a lot of relationships uh that have that have gone the way of of mine and my parents i hope we do that if anyone listens to this that's the one thing that i hope anyone gets out of this show is that we are all in this together. Not just the cannabis community. Not just your local community. Every community. Every community affects every other community. There are ripple effects that extend far beyond what any of us will ever see in our lifetimes. Every choice we make has a consequence. Big or small. So the next time the next time you get to a point where someone's attacking you, someone is belittling you for what you believe in, don't give them that right to you, but don't lash back out at them. Pity them. Feel sorry for them. But really... Uh, we don't have to lash out at people who lash out at us. And uh, I'm starting to see that I'm getting there. It's a long road, but I'm getting there, guys. And I really appreciate all of you coming along and supporting me and helping me out and being there for me. Everyone listening to this, thank you. Thank you so much for being there. And just wrapping this up for the week. Like I said, thank you for listening. Thank you guys for being there. I appreciate each and every one of you. So have a great week and stay lifted. Thank you for listening to Cannablogger's Corner. Wait! Where are you going? I was going to make espresso. Now go away or I shall taunt you a second time. Uh.